Did you guys know that this Saturday is my 30th birthday? Holy shit. I wanted to do something really special for my birthday for you guys. So we have some exciting stuff coming up later this week. If you're listening to this episode in real time, tomorrow, November 30th, I am hosting a free masterclass that is called Sold Out Six Figure Launch. This is a free live class hosted on Zoom where I'm going to bring you behind the scenes and share with you not just the fluffy stuff about believing in yourself or showing up consistently online, but what it actually takes to create six figure launches. This is a highly valuable formula that you can follow in your own business as you grow and start generating your highest cash months yet. So you are not going to want to miss this event. On this class, we are going to cover the number one thing required to generate high cash months, seven key ingredients to creating a six figure launch, the high cash cock blocks, which are the top mistakes that you might be making right now, and four things you need to scale your business to high six figures. We're going to do what I do best on this masterclass, which is fusing the spiritual with the strategic. Join me if you want to learn the secret to high cash months that feel fun and for first access to my big birthday sale for Top Tier Mastermind. If you have been thinking about joining us inside of Top Tier, it is coming back. We're starting again in 2024 and enrollment begins very very soon. If you come to this free masterclass, you are going to get the entire scoop, all the details, and some exciting discounts that go along with my 30th birthday, hint, hint, hint. But this sale is going to move extremely quickly and there are highly limited spots available in this mastermind. This is a small group, intimate mastermind for established coaches and online service providers. And it includes an all-inclusive weekend immersion here with me in South Florida. You may have seen some of the photos and the videos from the last group that just went through this immersion. It was absolutely insane. We had the best fucking time of our lives and I can't wait to do it all over again. Please note that Top Tier is an application only mastermind. So as soon as the doors open, get your application in right away if you want to get those birthday sale discounts and secure your spot. Again, the free masterclass all about six figure launches is happening this Thursday, November 30th, and the applications for Top Tier will open right after that. If you already missed us live for the masterclass, but you want to watch the recording, you can still grab it. It will be available for a week afterwards, send me a message on Instagram at underscore Samantha Daily and I will hook you up with the link. Happy 30th birthday to me. I can't wait to see you guys so soon. Welcome to the Makeshift Happen podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Daly, entrepreneur, life coach, and your no BS bestie here to bring you all things mindset, manifestation, and personal development. This podcast is designed to help you expand your mind and up-level your life. So turn the volume up and roll the windows down if you're coming along for the ride. Let's go make shift happen. All right, let's drop in. Who's got something to share? What's going on this week? Where are we at? What are we thinking, feeling, doing, moving and grooving? Summer, I saw you post um, something for people that are wanting to do business stuff. So that's exciting. Yes, I've just been, I, I don't have anything like fully created yet, but I've been just building relationships with people in my audience, which I I just have never really taken the right approach to business. I don't think like, especially with social media, I always just banked on going viral and then having thousands of applications come in and then like 2% of them actually signing. So I'm trying to take a little bit different of approach. Hashtag relatable. Yes. So I've been doing a lot of research recently and uh, um, just really, I think, obviously providing value and creating relationships. So that's like two of the most important things. So that's what I've been doing is just anybody who is intrigued or interested, like I've been sparking conversations with them, providing them with value. So then in the hopes, like in the future, when I do officially launch something, we'll have, you know, that foundation set of, of trust. So that's, that's what I'm doing right now. Um, and I've just, I've just been having people, um, either DM me or comment and, uh, then we'll spark conversations. But if you guys have even any advice on, like I said, building relationships and actually going <laughs> that route instead of just the viral route, um, that would be much appreciated. 
I think you'll also be surprised too at how many people are probably in your audience that already are on that path or wanting to get into business in online business, specifically in some realm. Like we always think when we've done one thing that those people don't exist, but I'm sure you'll start to see those people kind of coming out of the woodwork in your audience. And that's always really exciting. And so connecting with those people, but yeah, I mean, in terms of building relationships, I think the biggest thing is giving people more opportunities to be able to be in your energy. So Mm -hmm. like hosting events or free things or live videos or just anything that really helps people feel like they get to be in your space with you and get to know you more. That's my recommendation for that in terms of relationship building. Like you can't build a relationship with someone that you don't know. And so how can we allow people to get to know us more, more powerfully Mm -hmm. rather than just, you know, reels, right? Like reels are great for reach, um, but they're not that great for true relationship building. And so thinking about what are the other elements of social media that we can lean into and utilize that help create more of that relationship building and that foundation of, Hey, I actually feel like I know you. Right. Um, we talked about this in terms of like behind the scenes content or stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I think like live videos and any, any opportunity that people have to like get in the room with you and actually feel like they, they got to access your energy or learn for you from you in some way for relationship building. Thank you. And yeah, so I've been brainstorming recently because as you know, I'm about three quarters of the way done with the 10X is easier than 2X. And that shit has blown my mind. I'm like, wow, <laughs> life-changing. I'm telling everybody around me, I'm like, read this book, read this book. You have to read it after me because I love it. Like I've, I've read a lot of like self-help books, but this, this like, the I don't know, something about it that just really resonates with me. And so I, I, feel the intuition of really leaning into this business side of things it it there's something about it that I feel like I'm a lot more intrigued with like even more than health and fitness so I really want to like that's my 10x vision is going like full-blown with that even my I've been thinking like my current programs and courses and things that I have set up I'm like how can I do this in a way that that's like the end goal. So I'm thinking like my current momentum program, because this is what sparked this. So I had one of my current like one-on-one clients. She has about one month left and she came to our call and she's like, how can I continue to work with you? And I was like, well, sadly, I'm not doing one-on-ones anymore for the time being, but I like gave her all the options. I said, I'm in the works of um, transferring or kind of shifting more towards uh, like business style coaching mentor. She's like, sign me up. I don't care how much it is. I don't care what length it is. She's like, cause we had kind of had a few chats about her starting her own thing. I think I had told you about it. She was the one who wanted to go back to school and like become a therapist. And I had kind of planted the seed. Like you don't have to, you can take a different approach. So we had had a few chats. So she's like, sign me up. I'm ready. I want it. I want to do it. So that kind of made like sparked in my mind. I'm like this, this momentum program could even be that in between where it's like maybe you're not because her life was kind of in shambles or she just needed structure um it's not even about like the the food plan or the fitness plan it's more about her, her time management um just like gaining that confidence in herself and that trust with herself so I'm almost thinking like this momentum program that I have it could be geared towards girls like that and kind of catch the girls who aren't necessarily ready to launch a business but maybe they feel like I don't even have a transformation to show so that could be like the beginning stages and then it's almost like a tier type of thing where I'm like even my boss body I'm not loving the results that that some of the girls are getting from that so I'm like I don't know if I want to keep that around. I had one, like the girl who got it for free, she was like, I want to work with you. I'm, I'm totally into um, like trying out one of your other programs. So there are girls that are doing really well with it, but I'm almost thinking I want that to be like a, a piece of 
value that I can give away at, at like a low price point I'm thinking so I'm I'm thinking of uh, turning that into just a course that I can I can that can be like the first step for people to maybe purchase and then if they want further um structure and coaching and guidance then then move up to the momentum do you get what I'm saying yeah, I think that was always kind of our plan, wasn't it? It was like boss body momentum one to one or like yeah. mentorship or whatever. And that was kind of like the flow. I know this time around that you're more like active or more present in boss body, but we did have the vision that it could become like a fully passive, like self-paced thing. Yeah. So if you're seeing the vision for that, you could always, you know, adapt the price to be whatever you think is appropriate or what makes sense for the offer looking like that. And then mm-hmm. using that as kind of like your entry level, like if, you know, this is, you want to just do something, but you, the other things are not accessible. Like this is then the yeah. thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Cause like I said, I, I like I like what I put together, but I don't love the way that like the workouts are tied in and like the group is tied in. Like there's a few girls that do show up and it's really nice, but I'm like, I almost want to make that just like a self-guided course. It's like a low price point. That's for people who want, like you said, want something, but they're not necessarily ready to commit to that whole journey. Um, but then it, that yeah. kind of like keeps, keeps, my my niche of like health and fitness as well because those are the types of coaches that I'm wanting to attract to so I think I think that's the move yeah is there anything holding you back from doing that no <laughs> just time I just have to get all of my ducks in a line <laughs> yeah yeah totally I know when we want to make like structural changes to the business it can be overwhelming sometimes because we also have to like you know, still perform and show up and do all the other roles that we have in our business. So I think that's, you know, if your only role was to like shift things over, that would be great. But then it's like, wait, but I still have to coach and sell things and post content and do all this other stuff. So yeah, I think the only thing is probably just the time to actually make that change happen. But if there's nothing holding you back, then that's the next right step for you. And I'm excited for you to see how that works for you. Cause you have a lot of leads like leads isn't a problem for you it's really like where to put the leads Mm -hmm. so you're creating a a really good option for them Mm -hmm. and I I just I don't want to confuse my audience either because I feel like I've been just pushing stuff left and right like boss body was new and now I'm like I don't know if that's even something that I would want to launch like that again and then it's like now I'm all of a sudden I'm moving into business coaching but I'm just trying to go with the flow and uh, shift over like my content and stuff like as smoothly as I can Um, but I'm just hoping that people don't get like frustrated or think that I'm just trying to like sell all of these things you know that's the only thing that worries me yeah I think everyone that um moves into business coaching as a, as a, as a hard pivot or as an addition to the other services that they sell worries about like, Oh, are people going to like this? Are they going to be annoyed with this? Uh, Like I've said this before. I personally am just like, if people don't like it, then they don't like what I want to sell. So am I going to sell stuff that I don't want to sell for the rest of my life? Like what's the actual option here there? Mm -hmm. So just knowing like I've got to follow what I want to do and what feels most alive for me and what I know I can help people with. And the people that don't like it are going to not like it and they're going to see themselves out. And that's fine. You know, that that's why I'm just like, it's all me on one account. Like you get all of it. You can get personal development. You can get mindset stuff. You can get money stuff. You can get business stuff. It's just all here because that's who I am. So if you subscribe to me, you're going to get every version of me, not just like one little piece of the pie. Yeah. Yeah. And right now I have like friends and past clients that are already committed to like start at the beginning of September. So that's the route that I'm going to take instead of just like launching and taking on a shit ton of people when I don't know exactly what I'm doing. I'm just going to take on a few people that trust me and know that it's going to be messy and then get testimonials that way and then move into more of a public launch. Yeah, that's exciting. I mean, the fact that you already have people that are like lined up and ready to go for it. It's a vibe. Yeah. I can't wait yes. to see how you feel um, mm-hmm. guiding those experiences and sessions and things. I think that's the biggest shift. Once you actually start to lean into it, that's what most of my clients say is they're like, I felt so 
alive and excited, almost like how you probably felt on your first initial like fitness consults when like that was the biggest thing that was most alive for you in your life. So that's something that's really exciting to look forward to is that you do get like that reignition of the spark. Um, cause it's something that's really present for you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. Even, even with my momentum program, cause I have never like for the group coaching that I've done in the past, I've never created a slide deck. I don't know why I never even thought of that, but I'm like, no shit. People didn't show up. Like they didn't feel like it was like something to show up to. So even just doing that and starting that last week, I'm like, there's a different energy. Like I've, I've been on people too. I'm like, if you don't show up, <laughs> you're on my shit. <laughs> I know I know part of the experience and it is it's a really fun fun dynamic so I'm excited to continue with that and continue with the the group coach because it's going to be a group setting too so I think that'll be fun yeah yeah I'm excited for you like this whole year is really about you like transitioning your offers and moving into groups and you've already built like two things that didn't exist Mm -hmm. so that's dope yay well thank you I love it (laughs) You're welcome. Okay, I'm going up to Carolina. I think she was next. Hello. Okay, excuse me. I'm on a road trip. So Hi, where are you going? Um, we're going up to the Redwoods. I'm already in Northern California, but we're going up to the Redwoods now. So nice. Awesome. So is my Wi-Fi coming in okay? I think it's all right. Yeah, I think we're good. Okay. Um, so I have a kind of similar question. Uh, so I obviously too do alcohol-free coaching and have been leading women individually and privately for business coaching for almost two years, maybe two and a half years now. Um, and I just did my first business retreat. So I had normal retreats before, like in Bali and Mexico and stuff, but this was a business retreat and it was essentially a mash between like a business conference slash VIP day. So it's supposed to be small and intimate. And we were hoping for just like 10 women and we had eight women show up. So it was like a intimate, like two day deep dive into business. And so who it was marketed to was alcohol-free coaches. Because if you look at um, just where I am in the industry compared to others, like there's maybe only a handful of people who are more like successful than me. And even the ones who have like more viral accounts, like they don't really have like a big business underneath it, you know? So like, I really have a lot to teach people in my niche. So it's for alcohol coaches and that's really where I attract a lot of my business clients from is they just want to learn from me because of like what I've been able to build so that they can like go on and follow it. And so like, it's a total new avenue in the sense of marketing. It was like weird because like my previous audience wasn't necessarily like coaches. So it's like kind of, that's weird. And then also like, there's this competition, right? Like people think like, like right now you're doing this coaching for us and we're all in these different niches. So it's not like we feel like we compete with each other, but like when I'm targeting specific alcohol-free coaches, they like think they compete with each other, but they also think that they compete with me. So it's like, it's like when I reach out to them, let's say like on Instagram or like just to talk to them, like they might not think of me as their mentor. They probably think of me as their like competition. So I really like next year, I want to build out like a much bigger, like lead generation strategy of how to attract more alcohol free coaches and like really ramp up that side of my business with other offerings. And I'm just like kind of stuck. Like, I I don't know if we should just go for personal engagement and kind of just like start pinging people and like making conversations with them over time, or if I should create like a lead magnet. It's just so specific though. It's like, if I created a lead magnet, like really how many people out there identify as this type of coach and it would make sense for it. You know what I mean? Cause it's just so niche down. So I just like, I'm not sure how to approach like building up an audience for this, for the future. Like it just seems so specific if that makes sense. And I also work with other alcohol free entrepreneurs, like any other kind of coach too. So it doesn't have to be like just within with that niche, but it's still already kind of a small niche. So yeah, I'm just not sure how to build that audience for the next time I'm doing offers around it. I w- the thing about like the competition is interesting to me. I wonder if like, yes, creating something that's going to attract more alcohol-free coaches into your audience so that you have a larger pool of people that are going to be interested in your offers or your retreats or things like that. But isn't it kind of also like an opportunity to educate those people on the 
the competition that they might be feeling in the industry with other people in similar niches. I mean, what better person to learn from than someone who has navigated your exact niche? Do you know what I mean? And so if I am going to hire a mentor, it would make a lot of sense for me to want to hire someone who has actually created not just a successful business, but like the successful business that is most similarly aligned with what I'm trying to create. So I also think there's like an opportunity in there to educate through content and podcasts and just deeper conversations about what's probably stemming from a version of the sisterhood wound, which is that we all think that we're in competition with each other. But I think it would be cool to speak directly to the thing that you're experiencing rather than going, oh, you know, these people aren't a fit because they see me as their competition. Let's like bring them in to the circle and be like, why don't we all help each other? And how can we dissolve this idea of competition? And of course you can also, you know, put lead magnets out there for alcohol-free coaches to build your audience. But I think the, the biggest opportunity in this conversation is to actually educate on that quote unquote, like block that you're kind of seeing with people in that niche. And like, so how would you even, so for example, like I personally don't even follow other people within my niche because it's like, I don't want to, I want to keep my creativity completely intact and not like, you know, start like repeating other people's words or sayings. So it's like, what if they're already doing that back to me? Like, how do I even reach them? I mean, if they're doing it, doing it back to you in terms of like, you mean having those same conversations of like wanting you to be their client or we're talking about not being in competition with each other so that you'll work with them. I mean, at the end of the day, like what other people are doing is kind of irrelevant, at least to me. And it is to you because you're not even following them. Right. So what if they, what if they're out there creating Reddit pages about, you know, how awful you are, like whatever. I mean, <laughs> what other people are doing is not really of the most importance. I don't think it would influence so much that that would still be a powerful conversation to have and that it would still be helpful in educating, even if there's other coaches that follow you that aren't necessarily specifically alcohol-free um, or maybe not yet, or maybe they're on their own journey of being sober curious or whatever, but they're going to see that and lean into those conversations of, oh yeah, that's so interesting. Like maybe you know, Carolina could be my mentor because she's created a business that I would like to create. And, you know, I don't have to look at her as competition. If other people are already having those conversations then that's, that's great. That's just more education to fuel us coming together in more ways. And should I take like an, any like active role in finding these people to begin with? Cause there's just, it's not that big of a pool you know, it's like a really small niche. Right. So it's like, should I like try to find them and start a like conversation and like maybe send them my book or should I just try to create content that attracts them back to me? Well, I think you could probably do a combination of both, you know, and if you have anyone on your team who can help you with market research in terms of like finding other specifically alcohol-free or, you know, coaches that, that coach on like the sober journey, maybe they don't label themselves in that exact way, but just finding more people who are in that niche. I'm sure you could have someone on your team, like do some of that market research for you and find some of those people and send them your book or create connections or whatever, reach out in that way. And also why not, you know, put something out there that might attract them. Um, it's a very small specific niche, but I think the thing that you have that works for you is that when someone knows that it's for them, they really know that it's for them, right? Which is the whole point of having a small specific niche. So the lead magnet is not going to attract thousands of people, but the people that it does attract are going to be really high quality or else they wouldn't have been attracted to it. And so I think looking at that as like the advantage of that. Yeah. Yeah. And one more thing, like you just answered this basically for summer, but let's say you're devoting a podcast episode to this and you have all these other listeners that don't qualify, like they're not coaches. How do you make them not feel, I don't know, like ignored or like, oh, you know, she's only talking to these types of, like, how do you, how do you gently like direct well, this message to a specific group of people without alienating the others? I think that we don't actually have to announce as much of like who this is for and who this is not for, because you might actually not know who it's for. 
because someone could be in a part of their journey where that conversation is curious to them and they may not be a coach yet. They may not be alcohol free yet, but if they've decided that they want to listen to that conversation, I'm not going to have the intro be like, Hey, this is only for you if you're an alcohol free coach. So if that's not you go listen to some of the other episodes, because that's cutting people off that could potentially just be there out of curiosity of wanting to know what is this going to be about? What is this like? What is she doing? Right? So I don't think that we need to really announce it as much, just like letting your audience be discerning, fully formed adults as they likely are. And if there's an episode that they're like, the title doesn't resonate with me, then they don't need to click on it. You know what I mean? Like I do that with my podcast listening. There's podcasts that I love. I love their show. And there's certain episodes where I'm like, I'm not going to listen to that one. Do I then abandon the entire show and never listen again? No, I just chose that. I don't want to listen to that one episode and people can do that with your show too. You know, I think part of that is like, the uh, need for everyone to be liking everything that we're doing and just noticing like the consumer behavior of yourself is that there's going to be certain things that I do or that anyone else in the room does that they don't land for you, but you still like them. You still like the majority of their content. You might still follow or subscribe. So it's not the end of the world as much as we like make it out to be like, oh, they're going to feel so left out. It's like, mm, it's a podcast. Like, are they really going to feel that left out? And if they are, they probably have deeper work to do because it's a podcast episode. Like, do you know what I mean? So I wouldn't worry about, I wouldn't stress about it. I would keep your energy centered on this conversation is going to land for the people that it's going to land for. And the people that are randomly curious about this, they're going to stay tuned in and listen. And for the people that don't want to hear it, they're going to hop off and they'll come back next week and there's a different episode and that's fine. Okay, cool. This is super helpful. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for sharing. Okay, Katya. Hi, ladies. How's uh, your launch going? I saw uh, you have three ladies. I have so many questions. <laughs> okay. No, um, so... Yeah, I am feeling all the emotions <laughs> because it's launch week. So I'm kind of like, it's fine. The pressure is on, you know? So I'm like, let's welcome this energy. Um, so my launch or my masterclass was amazing. I signed over a hundred girls. I was on a high. I was like, yes. And then 20 girls showed up live. And then another 25 watched the replay because I can see the clicks and the emails. Okay. So that's 20% live viewership and 50% overall viewership. Those are really good numbers. Okay, good. That makes me feel better. I had no idea. Those, this is the first masterclass. Yeah. Those, those, per, those, you got to look at it in percentages. Okay. Uh -huh. Um, because if someone has a thousand people sign up, obviously their live turnout was going to look different than yours, but uh -huh. the percentages are really high. Okay. Um, I'm writing those down. <laughs> okay. So that's good. And then I had now three signups. Um, one girl was on the wait list because the big shift, my group coaching program, this is the second round. The first round was in April. So she was on the wait list. She signed up right away. And then another girl who was on the class took action that night, which was amazing. Um, and then Delay. a day later. And so now it's kind of like, <laughs> and it's Tuesday. My early bird pricing, yeah, early bird pricing ends on Friday. And so now I'm, I'm feeling like, do I need to be doing more or do I also just release control that came up for me with the hypnotherapy, uh, from Susie. So I don't know, I guess I need guidance or advice. Like you're doing all the things you're fine. Or maybe there's some techniques or strategies that I can include. Yeah. So, I mean, we always, we know that the launches typically peak in the beginning and, and at the end or at any moment of like urgency, right? Mm -hmm. So your, your intake is probably going to peak again sometime around Friday, okay. right? When you have this like ending of early bird, because there's, there's an urgency threshold there. And so there's going to be some people that decide to take action on that day. And then it's going to flatline again a little bit. There may be some people here and there, but then you'll probably have another little like peak towards the end when it's like, and now doors close because there's another urgency threshold there. Mm -hmm. So everything that's happening is completely 
normal in terms of how a launch usually goes. There's nothing out of the ordinary happening here. There's nothing that is like worrisome or, or bad or whatever. We may hope that more people join in that initial surge, but you may have a lot of buyers in your audience that are, you know, people that buy based off of FOMO or being like, oh shit, I want to do that thing. And I, you know, I kept saying, oh, I'll sign up tomorrow. I'll sign up tomorrow. And until it's like the last day of the discount and then they're like, ah, okay, I got to do it now. Right. You may have a lot of people that are like that. Um, so, so far everything is normal. I guess my question for you is, do you feel like you're doing all of the things? I do. Um, so first round, just to clarify the difference, the first round in April, I didn't know what I was doing. This was before, maybe before ANA or right before I didn't get to the masterclass portion yet. So I felt like I was throwing spaghetti at a wall and hoping it would stick that round, <laughs> Um, and then during ANA with the masterclass material, I was like, oh, duh, like I have to do that now for the second round. So I did the masterclass. I feel like my branding is on point. I love it so much. It gives me so much energy. I worked with Dana for the sales page. She was fabulous. Um, so like so many differences this round, I'm also DMing people, um, I'm posting every day. I'm showing up on stories every day. So I really do feel I'm doing all the things. So, I mean, I think that's the answer, right? Is then, I mean, it's not stop doing stuff. It's you're doing all the things. So you don't need to continue telling yourself that you should be doing more. Mm -hmm. Like keep doing all the things, like have the conversations in the DMs, post about your offer every day, show up on stories in your good energy, go look at your branding, get hype, talk about it, send the emails, but then like lean back, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah. that's the, the mid, the mid periods of launches are always the worst. Mm -hmm. They suck. You, you question your whole life in like the lull of a launch. Mm -hmm. Totally. It's also helpful just knowing like, this is how it happens. This is, this is how it goes. This is what it is. Like knowing what to expect helps you be less freaked out when it starts actually happening. Cause you're like, Oh yeah, that's, here's the thing again. I knew that this was, this is how this is going to be happening. Right. So just holding yourself through it. Can you hold yourself through it? Can you stay in your confidence? Can you keep putting one foot in front of the other, doing the action steps without making it mean that, you know, you're not doing enough or that you need to push harder. You need to force people to like, mm, how do I make them want it? How do I convince them? They need it. Like, just let go, let go a little bit. I, I mean, and you also got that guidance in the breath work. So I think we would be silly to sit here and be like, no, actually what you need to do is grip tighter. That's yeah. what you should do. <laughs> Yeah, no. Okay. That's really good to hear. Um, so I'll just keep doing my action steps. And then last thing on that with the lean back, I know before you've also talked about like fully embody the person that you are essentially selling in terms of the lifestyle and what you can have and the confidence. And so, um, and also obviously today is eight, eight and the manifestation and the journaling. And then I was doing uh, some scripting. I'll check out your replay. And that has been on point. Like I even signed a one-on-one -on -one client last Friday. So I really do feel like the energy is there. Um, can I lean into it a little bit more? I, I don't know. Like any recommendations from that perspective? Sounds like you're doing a lot already. What's the obsession with more? Comfort. <laughs> Certainty, maybe. Yeah. Becca said, my recommendation is to stop doubting yourself. Mm. Yeah. I, I think the most powerful thing that you could do at this stage, Katya, is just to like affirm the enoughness of all of your efforts and to not need something else to be the solution or the magic switch. The magic switch is you probably to stop thinking that there is one that you could be doing more of. And to just actually enjoy the process of what you're creating and what you're doing. And then when you're done going awesome and I'm done now mm -hmm. and that's enough. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Elisa said she's going to take that advice too. I know she's in a launch as well. Or today was the last day, right? 
Today's last day. Okay. And it's, it's, it's late in Germany. Are you, how are you feeling? It's five more hours. So I'm I'm praying. (laughs) Yeah. It's nice to be in a lodge. We love it. (laughs) But yeah. I got, I'm, I'm sharing later. I didn't want, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Okay. Okay. I was trying to read the, the chat and everything. Okay. Let's go. Um, let's go to Sarah and then to Susie. Sorry guys. Hi, how are you guys doing? It's a busy day. Cause it's the Lionsgate portal. So I'm like posting videos last minute. Um, but I uh, hope everyone's doing good. Um, I wanted to ask, um, about, well, first of all, I wanted to ask Samantha, if you have any advice, like you do such a phenomenal job creating your workshops and your trainings, like even in top tier, I'm like astonished by how like, um, professional looks and feels, you know, and you just have such a professional, um, like attitude with business. And I really aspire to have that. So if you do you have like any advice on how you find the motivation, or if you find like, if someone helps you create like your, um, like slides and stuff like that, um, or like ideas for the um, curriculum, so to speak. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, I was just thinking the other day about how much I loathe, loathe the process of, I have so many ideas and I always want to create new programs, but then I want the programs to look and feel so good all the time that it becomes this whole fucking process. So it's, I'm definitely not over here just like, effortlessly like whipping together the slides. And it's like, I'm like for hours, I'm like (laughs) trying to make everything look beautiful and look perfect. So, um, yeah, it's definitely a labor of love. I think I just, I guess I want people to feel when they invest with me in some way that they are getting the value that they signed up for. And of course I plan to deliver that as best as I can as a coach and a guide, but I also want them to feel it in the other elements of the experience. So I put the time and energy and effort and money sometimes into making things look and feel more professional. So with like slides and stuff, I, I do them all myself because I haven't found someone yet that can do them as good as me. (laughs) Um, I was just thinking the other day, I really need to find someone who like is really good at, you know, like creative Canva specifically slides because I've outsourced before to an assistant. And I was just like, these are really basic. They're boring. It's not good enough. It's not giving. I need more elements. I need the background to be better. I need this to be in it. Like, why is the font this small? It needs to be. And I'm so meticulous with how I want it to look. So I still do all of the slides. I should find someone like a freelancer who specializes in like being a creative wizard on Canva and have them do it hundred percent. Um, so I don't recommend you do it all by yourself, but if you want it to look great and that's what you have available, I guess you just have to set the time aside and the intention of, I'm going to put this work in. That's the thing too, is like, you're going to put it in once and then it's going to be part of that program forever. So that's when you create something new, it's like a lot of work the first time around, but then you can sell that you know, forever more, you can save those recordings. The slides are as they are like, it's all done. And so I think about the investment of my time in the first round or the first creation of something as this is going to bring me money for years. And so it's worth it for me to sit down and slave over this canvas slide. (laughs) Um, so that's kind of like my process. Um, yeah. In terms of like coming up with actual, um, like the curriculum of what I want to teach, most of it starts as, as I'm kind of like visualizing the program and what I want to talk about. I have like these like bigger ideas or concepts and I'll write all of them down and then I'll try to break it off into like groups of things. So at first it's just like a massive, like a bunch of like ideas, words, phrases, things that are coming through. I want to teach on this, this concept, this tool, this thing. And then I'll try and like, look at this big, massive chunk of information and go, okay, how can I create little groups of things that make sense together? And that kind of is how I start to visualize the modules. Like, okay, these three things fit really nicely together. And I feel like all the all encompassing title that is probably going to be around brand or the all encompassing title around that is probably going to be like finances and organization, just examples from top tier. Right. Um, and then I, I sit down with myself, usually just in a, like a Google doc and it'll be like training one. I'll be like, okay, 
what are we going to talk about in this training? Like, what are the main things? And then underneath each item, what do I feel is the most important information or the most powerful? What are examples of this that I've seen or heard my own life in books and podcasts? How can I illustrate this? Are there any visuals go along with it? And it is just a labor of love of building out your, your curriculums, which, I mean, you've already done it with your workshop, so you can obviously do it again. Um, but that's just kind of like my process. I don't know if that's helpful to, for you to hear. Yeah, super helpful. Thank you. Um, and I also love what you said about just like the investment is so worth it because it's like lifetime of, you know, labor or whatever. But, um, the other question I had was, so right now I'm like entering my like highest sales month, which is super exciting. Um, but it's also a little bit scary because it's like, <laughs> it's also like, I don't, I just want to maintain it. And I feel like it is a quantum shift for me because of the Lionsgate portal and all this. But um, yeah, I just want to like, I don't know if you have any advice, like after you hit like your first hundred K month, like, how do you sustain that? How do you not feel like shit if it's not good the next month, but I'm not going to let that happen. So, but you know what I mean? Like, how do you sustain the growth in a way? Um, if you have any advice on that. So I did the opposite. I purposefully did not try to sustain it because I know that in business, there will always be inevitable ebbs and flows at some point. And so if I create the pattern or the story that I need to keep this, I need to keep this, maybe I keep it for five months, six months, a year, two years, but the moment that it crashes, a piece of my identity implodes with it. And it's going to mean so much more in that moment because I chose to feel like it needs to be like this forevermore and I can never dip below. And like, it's kind of a dangerous game that people play in business, especially because there's so many our businesses, I'll say, because there's such a fluctuation of, are we launching? Are we selling? Um, you have a bit more stability in the fact that you have the main thing that you sell is always for sale and people always have the opportunity to buy it, Right. Um, and so there's that piece. And I'm not saying that you won't be able to sustain it. If you set the intention to do so, I'm sure that you can, I'm totally confident that you will, but what I would change is the idea that like, I have to, like, I have to keep this because that creates a dangerous future. So for myself, I already knew that I'm just that type of person. I always want to beat myself and I've been racing towards my destiny, success, outcome, whatever it is, since the moment I was born, I've always been in a hurry. I've always been trying to do more, more, more. I've always wanted to be the best. So having, you know, self-awareness around my own patterns, I just chose like, I'm not even, I'm not even going to, you know, make that be a thing of like, I hit hundred K months and now I'm never going to dip below. I, I just think it's a damaging narrative too, that why do we want that? Why do any of us want to sustain, you know, the highest cash months we've ever had is because someone else made us think that we need to, right? So we are influenced by seeing what other people are doing in this industry and somebody else as a marketing tactic to hopefully get you as a client has said, this is how you create consistent hundred K months. If you're not doing this, these are the things that are wrong with you. It's the same thing with like the beauty industry. Like why do we all believe that we need bigger boobs and longer eyelashes and skinnier legs and flatter tummies? Because someone told us that we needed to, because it serves them because they have some sort of investment in profiting off of us and doing so. And so recognizing that that's a story that's not actually even mine, right? The idea that I need to sustain the highest cash month I've ever had for the rest of my fucking life, that's not mine. That, that was not generated from within me. That was given to me by someone who had an agenda in selling something. So for my own nervous system and just making sure that I'm able to regulate no matter what's happening in my business, I actually decided the month after my 100K month that I wasn't gonna sell anything at all. And so there was a huge drop in income and I, I did it on purpose because a, I wanted to give myself a rest. I wanted to recalibrate and I wanted to teach myself that I don't need this in order to feel successful, to be happy or to trust myself in business. So that, that was my own journey. You don't need to do that at all, but that was, that was my choice. Um, but I think it's, I think it's a valuable conversation to have of just, you know, questioning, like, why do we feel like we need this? And also 
you can do another 75K month. I think that's the thing about it is like, I could do another 100K month. Do I doubt myself? No, I know you and I know that you don't doubt yourself. So if you wanted to do it, you could, but you don't need to be running with the energy of need, right? Mm -hmm. Of I need to do it. I need to do it because that's coming from lack. So as soon as you let go of feeling like next month, I need it to be 75K or else it's going to be dropping below. When you let go of that and you go, what will be, will be, I'm a badass bitch. I'm fucking amazing in business. Everything comes to me in divine timing as it should. Then you probably will have super high cash months in your future. Yeah. And I think that's exactly where my head is at right now is I'm just kind of like, I think a question that comes into my head is when is enough enough? Because at some point it's like, when do I stop moving the goalpost, you know? And I think um, I've been questioning that. And I think that's something that's going to be worth reflecting on this Lionsgate portal. So, but thank you. Yes, 100%. I think it's important to remember, like my worth is not at all attached to the money. Um, and I have learned to like detach the two. It's more so a game, I feel like at this point, which is kind of good or bad. I don't know, but Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you reach a point in business, which I think I, I reached this point and it was really eye-opening for me where I was like, if I made this amount of money for the rest of my life, I would be, I would be great. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't, there's no longer like this need of like, I need to one up and one up and one up that can come from a place of excitement and play and fun and like let's see what this will do for the people in my world. Let's, let's do, give this fun discount. Let's run this flash sale. Let's do this thing. Let's, you know, launch in this new creative way. It gets to come from like a place of, wouldn't that be fun to try it rather than, you know, I have to do this. I have to do this. Cause if you realize for yourself, like the amount of money, I mean, you're so young, Sarah, and you're making so much money a month right now. If you were to make this much money, like just sustain what you've been doing, for the rest of your life and invest a, a lot of that money, you would be so beyond set for the rest of your life and for your children. And you would be able to live in ease and in flow and be able to give yourself nice things. You don't actually need like speaking to, you know, when, when is the next, when do I stop moving the goalpost? I think a lot of the times we forget that in many ways we've already arrived yeah. and like the goalpost only needs to move now when it comes from a place of excitement and fun. Yeah. I really need to hear that. Thank you. You're welcome. So good. All right. Susie. Hi loves. Um, I just also want to follow on from Sarah's, um, comment because Sarah, I remember in the, when Sam asked us what our plans were for August, one of your comments was, I'm just going to really enjoy everything that I created. So I can't remember the exact words you said, but it was like, sit back and actually enjoy the fruits of everything I've created. And I was just like, that is so fucking powerful right there. Because like, you know, how often are we stuck in the like more cycle, the more cycle. And actually I'm just gonna sit and really like cherish every single thing that I've worked for right here. And I just, I found that comment so powerful. So yeah, just wanted to share that. But I would really like some advice, please, on my next group program, which is feeling just so alive and juicy inside of me right now. Um, yeah, I really feel like doing a feminine embodiment kind of thing as my next group program. So obviously, I don't, Sam, you know that I'm, I'm fully Shakti Spirit Advanced Trained anything. So it's not something that's like new to me. I've done all of this when because of all everything that happened with my tumors and where they were and the work I did back then. So I've got two ideas. So on the Mastery app, I um, I was assigned to do the Be The Feminine Embodiment Breathwork Coach. So I've made loads of um, different breathworks for the Mastery app. So I have like loads of breathworks in my, ready to go like literally ready to go. So I could do an embodied feminine six, five or six week course where it would, these are the topics. It would be like very much connecting to the heart, heart opening, sensuality, womb wisdom, sex transmutation. So we start to use our sexual energy for our wisdom, uh, truthful communication. So like speaking from the heart, high value vulnerability and like pleasure, that kind of thing. So that would be like the embodied feminine group program. 
or something that came to me in breath work like over a year ago which I still haven't actually put into practice but I've I've parked it knowing it's going to come, but I feel like it's like my bigger group program at a later date. It's kind of like a group program related to all the feminine archetypes because I love the feminine archetypes, like the wild woman, the lover, uh, the priestess, the uh, the huntress. So I would just love your thoughts on which ones you prefer. Well, I think I would, I don't think it's about what I prefer. I think it's about what feels most alive for you. Like when you feel into the, the two iterations of what this next group could look like, which one feels like you're just like really being pulled towards it? Mm, Well, obviously like the embodied feminine one, because I have it already in a way because it's like it's there it's ready I can literally launch it next week and and have everything I need ready to go rather than sitting down and writing and studying with the outside of it yeah outside of it being convenient because you already have Mm. it kind of prepared is there still like an excitement or a desire to put it out there and create it or do you feel kind of like meh no, no, no. I love it. I feel like it's so, I love working with the, I think you also know what's going on in my personal life right now as well, Sam. So it's like, I love, like, I'm, I'm, I'm really being called to be sink into my feminine right now. I'm really called to like be embodying this work that I love so much. Well, I think that's a really beautiful time for you to then birth that program because you're in it right now you are mm. the embodiment of mm. it I'm being called to leave from my heart to speak vulnerably to connect to my truth to work with all of these right now so yeah 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 I love it I think it makes total sense and it aligns beautifully with like the phase of life that you're in and what you're experiencing and your energy is going to be really good teaching it because it's so alive for you And of course, then there's the convenience and the ease of the fact that you already have the breathworks created. So I'm like, what a gift, like that just feels like a a little like blessing with a bow on it. Like, let's just say yes. Let's say yes. And so would you do that like once a week, like one class a week, perhaps one, one breathwork a week, one breathwork a week. I don't, I feel like there needs to be embodiment time in between these ones rather than like back to back. Yeah. I mean, because it's also an embodiment program, you want to give them time to do that, but not too much time where they kind of like fall out. So yeah, I think like once a week would be nice. And then hopefully they'll have some, um, action items that they either receive in the breath work or that you help prompt them with to bring what they're experiencing deeper into their lives. So I think with that, like a breath work and some, um, some action items or some embodiment practices to cultivate, based off of what they encountered in that breathwork session. Um, I think that would be a really beautiful journey. And then obviously just make it however many weeks you have as breathworks you intend to share. Mm-hmm. Do I have to do some kind of like group chat? I'd rather not. <laughs> do I have to do? Um, you don't have to do anything that you don't want to do. It just depends on what type of group you want to create. The thing about the the work or the nature of you know teaching women to be live vulnerably and speak from their hearts, I do think that there is power in community with that and being mm-hmm. able to see each other and be seen in that and actually get into the practice of communicating their vulnerabilities, sharing their stories, what came up for you in the breath work. So mm-hmm. I think the conversational element of it could could amplify the results for people and actually give them an opportunity to do the work that we're talking about. Um, but it, maybe you would rather have like a couple of calls with them and, and you would rather mm. just get on and do a couple of calls and some shares rather than having the group chat kind of going all the time. It's up to you how you want to facilitate that. But I do think like I, and it's up to you, but like, can you see how I see that the connection between women is really relevant for what we're teaching them Mm. yeah do you know what it is for me is um 
is I have a I have a slight I have a slight trauma response to group chats because obviously I had my brain injury for so many years and mm. where I wasn't able to be on a telephone or on a on oh sorry I wasn't able to be on messages or look at a screen for so many years and I can now but I still have this like when someone puts me in a group chat I'm like <laughs> I like have this like fucking PTSD of like oh my god I'm gonna have to be on a screen you know like commenting and and it's I get tired still a little bit from from if I'm in too many group chats but um yeah you know for me like something like women who run with the wolves was such a big part of my life and it is being in a wolf pack so I think there's ways that you can maybe start to ask yourself what are the boundaries that are going to be needed for me in order to feel you know protected and energized by facilitating this group experience rather than drained or triggered by it. There's the option to have a group that you are not physically in, and it's a group for them to connect and communicate with one another. There is an option for your assistant to drop in every once in a while and kind of guide conversations in terms of what are you guys feeling this week? Or here's a journal prompt, or I'd love to know what came up for you in the session, or let's talk about X, Y, or Z. So there's definitely ways to get creative and for you to not have to be this, you know, the center of the group chat the entire time. I think also even in a space like top tier, because it's a mastermind, I always remind you guys, like the space is not revolving around me. We're sitting in a circle and we all have really valuable things to share and advice and guidance to give. And so our group chat, I'm not like responding to every single message or it's not revolving around me. It's really a place for you guys to help each other and uplift each other and connect. And of course, if you have questions that are specific to me, I can pop in and an answer. Um, but the group itself is still really powerful, even if I'm not on center stage. But I think that only happens when we empower people to know that that is the intention of the group. If we create a group chat and then we just are not really in it or active or talking, then nobody else is going to be in it or active or talking. Um, so I think there's things that you can do that will help you still facilitate that experience of the wolf pack for these women uh, without it being you know, a draining experience for you. I love that. Okay, great. And so if I write this all up, I then need to just chat to you about price point. So um, about what? Price point. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have one in mind already or do you want to save that for no, when you I'll, I'll kind write of it all it up and work. I'll design it. I'll design it and then I'll chat to you about price points. Yeah. So Perfect. thank you so much for that. And the other question I've got is so I've had some, some like, you know, in my eyes, a kind of like um, bigger clients reach out to me recently and inquire about one-on-one -on -one death work. And I always get a little bit um, hesitant in following up with kind of these kind of bigger clients. Say like one of them, is she contacted me, me recently and was like, Susie, I'd love to work with you with death work. How much do you charge? Da, 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 da. Uh, I let her know how much I charged and then I haven't heard back from her. Like, I know she's just had a baby, she's busy, da, da, da. But I also get a little bit scared of like follow, following up with people like that on um, just being like, hello. <laughs> like, they know I'm there, yeah. do you know what I mean? And I will admit, like, when I, the people I've worked with in the past, like, say, my breathwork teachers have been the ones who kind of just let me leave, left me to it. And I've come, made my own decision and then come back to them rather than being like, hey, are you ready yet? So I don't yeah. know where the fine line is for like following up, but also just allowing them the space they need to come to their own decision. Yeah, I, I totally get what you're saying. And I think because we know like the nature of their own work, like they, they shouldn't really need a follow up necessarily. Um, and you also sort of know personally, like she is probably not just like leaving you on red and, and not going to come back to you. But I also think there's a small piece in there that happens for us, which is where we start to like view things in a hierarchical kind of way. And because we see this person as 
you know, being above us in some capacity, whatever it is, whether it's like with their business or their relationship or something that they've created or done online, then we're like, oh, I feel weird. You know, like they want to work with me and I should just be like, I should just let them do it. I shouldn't do my normal business practices with them because they're this like thing up here. Um, and so bringing it back down to remember, like she reached out to you for a reason. She clearly sees you as an equal, if not someone who can teach and guide her and has so much more knowledge than her in a certain area. So she definitely wants to work with you. And I don't think that we should be scared to continue our typical business practices just because of knowing something about someone or knowing what their business looks like or how much money they make or what kind of work they do or something like that. So I think for me, like the fine line is I'm obviously not going to follow up with someone like that in 24 hours. That's a bit aggressive. As you said, like she just had a baby, she's traveling, she's doing things. Um, but I think a friendly reminder is also totally fine. Like just, just wanted to like have a chat with you. How's it, how's everything going? Like do you want to do this? This is when my openings are just reach out, like shoot me a DM, send me a message, whatever. Um, because people like that also, I know for myself, I just have so many tabs open in my brain with the, the business that I run and everything that I have in terms of responsibilities and stuff that I forget to get back to things, even though I want to. And so I actually appreciate, and it's really nice for me when someone bumps something up for me, if it was important to me, which we know that it was because it wasn't a cold reach out on your behalf. She came to you. And so I think she would probably appreciate you being like, Hey, just reminding you about this. Let me know if we're still on, if you still want to do this, or if you have any questions, she would probably be like, Oh my God. Yes. I've been meaning to do this crazy week. Thank you so much. Let's lock it in. Thank you. It has been a few months since she since we were a few Susie. Yeah, I would send her a message. I would send her a message. Just send her a really nice message and say, I know you reached out in X month. Um, I was thinking about you because I have some spots that are open right now. If you are interested, just let me know. She knows there's no pressure. Yeah. Okay, cool. Can I just share one win I've had this week too? Yes. (laughs) Just because it's really exciting. So one of my, I've just signed another one-on-one client and she is a, um, she is like, she fills out auditoriums with, um, she's uh, like a channeling medium who like works with like, she's in Slovenia and she like fills out auditoriums like huge, thousand ten thousand people auditoriums as a channeling medium she charges people fifty thousand pounds for a session and she's coming to me for her breath work this is her second round of one-to-one she's just signed up for <laughs> oh my god good good results on the first one so i just it's like i just feel really honored that someone like that trusts me you know yeah that's huge. I just feel really like, I just feel so grateful that, yeah, I just feel so grateful that I, that I can feel that amount of Yeah. Yeah. Your, your skill and your craft is really special. And I think it shows in someone who is already so highly connected to their own intuition and being able to access messages and divine guidance that, you know, they would still receive something from you that they can't get on their own is again, just like proof of the work that you're doing and that it's powerful and that it matters and that you're a rock star. So you should charge like one. (laughs) I know. Do you know what the other, like I did start charging my one-on-one sessions and I I've actually dropped my price because I just can't get that price out of my mouth. Mm. There, there's something within me and you know what being in this group I was, I'm so inspired by everybody and like you're all my expanders and like just seeing the money that everyone's making has made me realize that I'm just playing like I need to play bigger but I just can't get the words out of my mouth right now yeah and that's well, okay we should... yeah we should we should have a conversation about that, but also sometimes it's like the incrementally, um, incrementally increasing to that threshold and not trying to, 
you know, jump right to a number that our nervous system doesn't feel safe in communicating that usually doesn't go over well. But then again, it's like, the question is how long has it been at the price that it's at? And have we been waiting years to get to, to be able to say the, the 2000 or the 3000 or the 5,000, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but all of us have contemplated a price where then we were like, no, (laughs) Like, yeah, I can't yeah. do that. I can't, I can't do that with a straight face. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. My love. You're so welcome. Thanks for sharing Susie, celebrating you, congratulating you on that client. That's awesome.